Hello and welcome back to the No Limits Podcast with Rick. Hope you've been having a great day so far. And today's topic is going to be an extremely informative, research-backed, very educational podcast. And in today's topic, I'm going to be delving into something that I get questions on more than anything, more than training, more than nutrition. And the question is, why the salty coffee? Now, if you're not aware, and if you don't follow me on social media, it's something I've been doing for about, I'd probably say about 12 months now, and just keeping up, putting on my story, just putting it out there that I put salt in my coffee, just letting everyone know that I am a bit of a weirdo, which if you follow me on Instagram already, you know that's the case. I do extremely weird food combos. I stare at the sun every morning like a weirdo, and I do plenty of weird things, and these are, this is something that definitely is a thing that I don't think many people would think is a thing, but it somehow has become a part of my life, daily life. And now I can't have a coffee without salt in it, I must admit. And any time that I do rock up to a cafe and realize that I forgot my salt it is very, very heartbreaking. But in today's topic, I'm going to cover why the salty coffee. And then this way I can send over this podcast, anyone that asks a question. And then that way I don't have to uh, explain myself 400 times a day. That's not how many questions I'm getting. But anyway, so where it all began, the origin story of the salty coffee. So we got to take it back, take it back to my relationship with salt, <laughs> of all things. So over the years, I've gone through plenty of waves and trends, following all the bullshit that the fitness industry loves to put out there to hyperfixate on the little things and completely avoid looking into the bigger picture, which is something that I definitely try to encourage a lot with my coaching as always, keeping things simple, focusing on the things that matter most and not sweating the small stuff. But that was never me. And this is another reason why I have a coach, coach too, because I have the personal proclivity towards hyperfixating on things, changing things around, obsessing if things are going well. And although this helps me really be a better coach because I am always very analytical when I'm my own coach and emotions involved, it can, when more emotion is involved, it can become very, very challenging to actually see things through. So this is a big part of why I have a coach. He just tells me what to do and I execute. But in this story, basically, I started off training when I was about 15 years old, ran into it in my podcast, uh, I think it's episode two basically going down the wrong path, was probably going to end up in prison, very, very insecure, lost teenager, you know, not really knowing who I am, not really knowing the direction I want to go in my life, and just really thinking that I was just going to be an average human being my whole entire life. Not to say that I think I'm some superstar celebrity, um, but I've definitely come a long way from the limiting beliefs that I had in myself when I first started uh, into the, the fitness industry, training for myself, building my confidence and being where I am today, being extremely grateful to be able to coach individuals to achieve the same thing. So basically, I had the idea that salt was bad. I thought everything was bad. I was, if it wasn't green chicken breast or brown rice, it was bad. And this would cause a lot of stress throughout the day. So much so that I remember clearly, I 
asked mum to make me dinner one night. I was at the gym late, I think. I used to catch two buses from school when I was at my second school, which I ended up getting kicked out of that one too. And I would get home quite late. So I think this day I asked my mum to make me dinner and I asked her to make me these my typical chicken brown rice and broccoli meal. And I remember coming home like starving, just keen as, even though I had my, of course, BCAAs intra-workout because otherwise I'm going to lose all my muscle, I was still very excited for this post-workout meal. I came home and my mum had used what's called herbamir. So this is basically like sea salt, chives. It's just like a, almost like an all-purpose seasoning mixed with um, sea salt. And mum, being the legend she is, wanted me to have a tasty meal after a big day at school and coming home from the gym and put this on top of my veggies and my chicken. And I remember vividly throwing a tantrum about this and I would not eat the meal. So my mum has gone out of her way for her son that's just been kicked out of a high school, about to be kicked out of another high school, not doing very good things with a family name. And then I come home and basically say, I'm not eating that because it's got salt on it. Now, what the hell was I thinking? My thought process was salt makes you retain water. Where I got that from, I don't know. And it does to a degree if you aren't well hydrated and you don't drink water throughout the day or you suddenly spike your sodium out of nowhere. So this might be something that you notice, say, for example, um, here I am thinking about ramen again from Japan. So let's say like you go somewhere and then you have like your normal meals throughout the week and then you go somewhere and you get like a super, super sodium dense meal that's probably like drowned in soy sauce or something like that. You're probably going to notice like a little bit, if you like take daily scale weight, you'll probably notice a push up in your scale weight. You might notice your face is a little bit more puffy from the a bit more water retention, but this is more so due to a sudden spike in sodium, where if we keep our sodium intake quite consistent throughout the week, we're not going to notice these big spikes in sodium. So I remember basically cracking the shits, telling my mom I'm not eating this meal. And what I sort of think about here now is, how much I was sweating the small stuffs back back in the day. And my thought was, it makes me retain water, but therefore somehow it's going to convert towards body fat and it's going to make me fat. Um, yeah, so I don't know where the hell I got that from, but I uh, am very sorry that for my past self that I believe that. So I'll always like to think about what is uh, an analogy that I'm probably going to get wrong called rocks, pebbles, sand. So... Pretty basically, imagine I'm holding a cup and I fill up the cup with some like decent sized rocks, enough to be in the cup, say like five rocks, you know, and then it's right to the top. And if I said to you, like, is that cup full? You might say, yes. But then say I pull out some pebbles, I put them in and I would ask, is the cup full? And then you might think, yes. And then I pull out some sand, pull the sand in the cup and then is the cup full? Yes. And then now, yes, it is. So what I like to think about is the big rocks represent the things in our life that are most important. And the, the things that just say, if our goal is like a fat loss or a muscle building goal, the things that are the most important variables. Then there's the other cool stuff on top that may help, but not necessarily a game changer. That would be the rocks. I mean, the pebbles, sorry. And the sand, that's all just a little shit that we can put in and that's no problem. But 
imagine if we filled up the cup first with the sand. Then there would be very minimal room for us to fit in the rocks and then hardly anything to fit in the pebbles. So this sort of makes me think a lot about how much I used to worry about the things that didn't really matter and how much that really did compromise my ability to stay consistent. And I used to wonder why I was so like down on motivation all the time. I was going up and down with my, my weight. I would go into fuck it mode. I would be dieting one week and then I'd give up and I'd be bulking the next week. Then I'd give up and just going on this vicious cycle up and down all the time. And it was just super demotivating and it just killed my confidence massively. And this is basically what I was doing for a long period of time where I would obsess about the things that didn't really matter. And this is why I always like to encourage keeping things simple. I know I might be super repetitive on my content where I'm sort of a lot of the things I talk about is to just, you know, if things don't go to plan, that's cool. Just keep going forward. Like it's what we do most of the time and not every so often that matters most. And as one of my clients, Sebastian, that I, um, I trained with this week in the gym told me basically that almost every single check-in I, I use the saying, one hot day doesn't make a summer. But it's true. At the end of the day, you know, no one is 100% on plan all the time. And anyone that says, oh, I'm going to be 110%, that just grinds my gears because firstly, it's not possible. And usually if we're trying to do things 110%, it's we're trying to like rush the process or trying to prove someone wrong and usually backfires pretty quickly. But as I went through the journey, eventually I started to open up to sodium a little bit more. Now, I still wasn't salting my meals for whatever reason. And no wonder I used to hate veggies and my meals were super boring. And then when I would have a, probably a podcast for another day, a cheat meal, because I thought that would rev up my metabolism, but definitely not the case. Um, that would be like the only time I would really get in like a large amount of sodium. But then eventually I started doing a, a trend once again, just typically the um, shiny object syndrome kicks in once again and jumping on a trend that I saw a lot of people doing. So I was one of those guys that would dry scoop their pre-workout and then neck some water and then get a teaspoon of Himalayan pink salt and put that straight in my mouth. Now, this concoction is terrible. So if you're thinking the salty coffee is weird, like this is like decaf compared to what I was running with back in the day. And it's funny because now that like, if you look into it, a lot of the ingredients in regards to pre-workouts usually respond like they're actually like assimilated for fancy wording, but you know, they're, they're used better when they're actually like mixed in, in liquid. Now you can argue if you chug the water and you mix it together, it's probably still not going to be mixed that well. So if you dry scoop in your pre thinking that it hits you harder, although it might potentially feel that way, there might be some ingredients in there that you're not actually getting as much benefit from. So what happens when I started doing this? Well, firstly, there was one time I actually ended up vomiting because I had too much Himalayan pig salt. So that's not a good start. But I did get some unreal pumps and that was the buy-in that I needed. And I remember getting these pumps and thinking, far out, all right, there's something to this salt or maybe it's a pre-workout, which I used to overdo all the time. And the pump was actually like really cool. Now, this is something that's probably worth mentioning too. The pump is cool 
And like Arnold used to say in Pumping Iron, it's like the, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but basically like the the same sensation is coming. Um, but we don't necessarily get progress from a pump. Like it's not a direct indicator of progress. Like you get a sick pump in the gym, cool. But it doesn't necessarily mean that like, all right, if I don't get a pump, then that means I'm not making progress. Another not sweating the small stuff thing to uh, to reflect on. And that's something I used to think that if I got a pump, then I must be making unreal progress. Same with soreness. Soreness is something that, you know, I used to chase. I used to think that if I wasn't sore, I obviously wasn't training hard enough. And it's really just not the case. Like soreness is usually from like a novel stimulus. So if you've done something, like you've changed up your program, you've got all new exercises in. I remind clients all the time that the first one to two weeks, you're going to be like sore, but then eventually you adapt and then you really start making progressions from there. And it doesn't mean muscles not being built if you're not sore. So a bit of a side tangent there, as I always go to, my brother likes to tell me off about doing what I'm doing exactly right now. He always tells me, stop like stopping when you're going on a side tangent. So if I need to stop doing that, please let me know. (laughs) So Now, if you're like me, coffee is life. Like there's nothing more I look forward to than that first sip of coffee at the start of the day. It is something that I revolve around big time. Like my life revolves around coffee. (laughs) It helps me with my training. It helps me with my work. It helps me with my energy. And it just enhances anything that I do. Now, I am a bit of a coffee snob. You might be able to feel like you can relate to this a little bit where I don't do instant coffee. Now I know, I had this conversation with my dad the other day. He's like, it's literally just coffee. Just put it in, put the hot water in. But no, I want some quality beans, you know, imported from Ethiopia with a nice like caramel blend and super, just a snob. Like I put on my story, like I even think about this now. It's like I've recently spent like a duration of time in Thailand where Thailand's already got good coffee. But for some reason, I was still gravitating towards Starbucks I don't know if it was the marketing or or what it was, but I just I'm a bit of a snob with coffee. So I was in Bali about 12 months ago, and I had a friend, and we, of course, somehow came onto the topic of coffee. And then we we're talking about like the best coffee shops that were in Changu, which is basically when I live in Bali, that's that's where I stay. And Changu is like the digital nomad capital of the world. It's so good for digital work and. I highly encourage if you do work online and you do have the opportunity to to live anywhere in the world and still work, Changu is the place for you. Reason being is one, you are a product of your environment and the people you surround yourself with. And so many of the individuals that live there are you know, digital nomads on a similar journey to you. So you can relate. So it builds a big sense of community. I find a lot of the individuals that live there too are super growth driven. Their growth mindset, it's not, not something that really I haven't been back in Melbourne too long to like make a comment but I know when I like was living in Melbourne for a duration of time there was a bit of tall tall poppy syndrome so my thoughts here which I'll probably get wrong as I often do is I'm pretty sure like say you're in a poppy field and then the poppies grow they all need to grow together so if one poppy grows more than another the farmer I assume would cut that poppy so they all grow together so this is sort of like potentially something you might experience if 
you know, you're around people who aren't as encouraging and, you know, you mentioned you want to give something new a go and then they put all like negative thoughts onto you or they focus more on why you can't rather than why you can. And that's something that definitely gravitates me more towards Changu and Bali over Thailand, as that's a question I do get asked often as well. So in Changu with the story where I was going, there is coffee shops everywhere. Like I've got this big backpack and everywhere I walk, I'll just be able to, if so long as I got my laptop, I've got my meals, I'll find a place to work from. And there's coffee shops absolutely everywhere. So was in a big debate with his friends about what the best coffee shop in, um, in Changu, Bali is. And he said, you know what? I actually just like instant coffee. And then I went on an absolute rampage, just like, how can you like instant coffee? And he mentioned that all I do is just add some salt in it and it tastes exactly like it's a, made from a coffee machine. And I did not believe him one bit. Instantly just got my back up. I'm like, no, nah, no way. And then I thought, all right, you know what? The next day I was at a coffee shop, just so happened to have salt in my bag. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a crack. And what I found was it tasted way better. Now, I'm a weirdo. I put salt on absolutely everything from a kid that literally told his mom, I'm not eating your dinner, to now, like, I put it, there's nothing I don't put it on. You know, even my water, <laughs> like to that extreme, and fruit, everything. So when I did it, I was like, wow, this is actually unreal. It tastes way better. And I don't care what you say, it tastes good. Anyone that tells me that it doesn't taste good, they're just, they're lying. They're lying. Um, so I also found that I got the benefits of the, the pump that I used to get from the pre-workout and the Himalayan rock salt combo. So it was almost like a habit stack. It's like, I love coffee, I love salt, I love pumps in the gym. So it's one thing that ticks all these boxes here. Now, what I found was that also putting this up on social media was very entertaining because you might be one of them as well got their back up and was just like, what the fuck, Rick? What are you doing? You've lost it. You need to come home. Southeast Asia's changed you too much. And yeah, potentially, maybe. Or maybe it's just made me more open to trying new things. Um, but I always like to say as well, like whenever someone does ask about the salty coffee and how much to put, he's like, please, like this is a disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and these are not prescriptions, especially my last supplement uh, one. Hydration isn't just water. And this is something that took me a long time to wrap my head around. So just because you know you drink like a whole bunch of water throughout the day doesn't necessarily mean you're getting a an adequate amount of like hydration from like a, a an electrolyte standpoint. Because we can like drink, you know, 15 liters of water a day but they're not be getting in enough like sodium, potassium, magnesium. And sodium is basically salt. Sorry, I probably should have mentioned that at the start. Um, so an even balance between these is what is ideal hydration. And I used to think it was just water. Um, it also can help with like a hunger management standpoint. Like I definitely find that oftentimes if I'm like super hungry or like you might find this as well, and then you just have some water, you usually find that you're not, actually hungry you're just dehydrated and that can be the same thing with like your electrolytes via sodium too and also veggies now we know veggies are good for us and i know from working with uh, uh, clients over the years that some of us don't exactly love them 
and struggle to get them in. But I'll encourage, salt on anything is going to make it taste a bit better, especially in the air fryer too. So great way to get your veggies in too. Now, getting deep on this, as I like to always sort of make this some sort of um, psychological, sort of philosophical, if that's even a word, um, approach. So the, the salty coffee also helps me a lot with my personal growth and self-development. You now you're thinking, Rick, why the hell <laughs> would a salty coffee help with your personal growth and development? I remember reading in a book, um, what is it, Five Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And this is uh, something that I've I've tried to put into my life as sparingly, but as as consistently as possible. I probably don't do it enough. And what he would do is once a week, he would do something that would put him in a like really uncomfortable situation. He would like walk down the street in like a you know ridiculous like uh, like costume or something. You know, just things that would like really really make people look at you and push you out of your comfort zone. And he would do this just to basically grow as an individual and realize like it doesn't fucking matter what people think. And I think this is something that, you know, we can all benefit from. And the salty coffee, I find, helps this a lot because there is never a time where I get my coffee put out in front of me, I take off the lid, I pull out my salt cracker, I salt in the, I put the salt in the coffee and then people don't start laughing at me. Or come up and ask, like, what are you doing? Why is that? And I vividly remember in Thailand, basically, um, I would go to, like, let's say, what was it? The coffee club one time. And I remember they had, like, sea salt sachets. So I thought, oh, cool, I'll grab that. <laughs> I remember grabbing this sea salt sachet. sachet. There we go. Had a bit of a stroke there. Sorry about that. Um, and these workers like basically sprinted at me like, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not sugar. It's not sugar. But I knew it was salt. And then, and then eventually I'd explain it to them, but I could see in their eyes, they're still thinking, what the fuck this guy's off his head. Um, so from a personal growth standpoint, I find just being out of my comfort zone, regardless of where I am and just asking like, Hey, have you got salt or just putting the salt in the salty coffee is, um, is great. And, I, if you listen to episode two of my podcast, like I'm naturally a very, very insecure, very shy person. Like my mom even used to tell me that basically in kindergarten, I would like, all the kids would be playing in like a big group and I would basically just go off and do my own thing and just sit in my own corner, which is obviously carried over to a, a bigger bigger way in, in my life. And, you know, maybe I'll potentially just replicated that kindergarten activity by moving over to Southeast Asia. <laughs> but that is something that, you know, of course, social is social connection is is everything and and something that that I definitely do always try to work on as I do find it is easier to isolate myself. But without getting into a therapy session here. Um so with the the personal growth standpoint, it definitely helps me get out of my comfort zone. Be more confident and, of course, salty coffees taste good and having fun. Like, at the end of the day, when I put this up on social media, I find it super entertaining, like seeing people's reactions. And I can see how open-minded you are if you uh, get upset about it straight away without trying it. So, first things first, don't knock it till you try it. And the disclaimer is make sure you're actually well hydrated throughout the day. 
Ideally, if you're going to be salting your coffee and salting your food, get in at least four liters spread evenly across the day. Not all in one hit, spread evenly across the day. So you've got nice, even hydration. Um, and then in regards to how much salt to use, now I'm the wrong person to ask because I'll put salt with everything. But I'd say start easy. Go like a quarter teaspoon. Don't go too crazy with it. Now, I highly encourage sea or pink salt. I could sit here and say a coach claim and be like, you know, because the micronutrients and minerals are much better in sea or pink salt over ta- regular table salt. But personally, I just think regular table salt tastes like shit. And upon looking at the analytics of uh, individuals that have not enjoyed the salty coffee and let me know about it with abuse on Instagram, um, they usually use table salt. So that's a data doesn't lie so we can use that to our advantage so i'd reckon see your pink salt start off with about a quarter teaspoon or say like three cracks of the the salt shaker and ideally keep it to black coffee i'm not majorly a milky coffee guy anymore i used to be absolutely obsessed with um almond milk lattes so strong almond latte but eventually i just couldn't justify the calories and i like to drink like my coffee between my meals or like when I'm in a fasted state. So I don't like the idea of like consuming calories without a decent chunk of protein. And with the amount of coffee I drink throughout the day, then that means I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of protein shakes in my coffees just to get the protein in. Um, And also on that, that was actually when like the discomfort asking for coffees really began. When I was a roof plumber, I was actually going through and I can't believe I'm admitting this on a, a podcast with a podcast name, No Limits, you know, being the super manly man that I am. I used to drink chai lattes all the time. And I remember working on a domestic job site, roof plumbing, you know, boss would come up, ask all the boys who wants a coffee. And I think it was a foreman. And I would ask if I could get a chai latte and the amount of abuse I used to get. But once again, build that strength, build that resilience. And I think it's something that like maybe even if that's the one takeaway you get from this podcast, not that salty coffees are awesome. They're going to help with your palms. They're going to help with your hydration. They taste great that potentially this podcast might help you, you know, push yourself a little bit more out of your comfort zone, you know, say the things that you want to say and not feel like you need to, you know, suit your answers to what you think might be accepted from the other party. So I guess Coming all around from this podcast, potentially I'll just say that's probably a more useful takeaway. But if you haven't given the salty coffee a go, give it a crack. And if anyone actually, you know, if you're with anyone and they, you know, have a go and have a sook, fuck the haters. Just do what makes you happy. And salty coffees are the way to go. Definitely encourage them pre-workout and definitely encourage black coffee only. So hopefully you've enjoyed this very informative, very serious podcast topic of today and hopefully that origin story of the salty coffee helps provide some more insight into why i share so much of my story i really do enjoy the the feedback that i do get i like pushing out of my comfort zone as always hence the the business name no limits and if there is any topics you would really like me to cover in future please just let me know i'm going to be doing a midweek podcast next week as i do have Uh, a client of mine competing next weekend and I'll be full as a house with him. So with the upcoming podcast, feel free to fire away any suggestions you have and I'll be very keen to cover it and potentially might be in a little bit more serious one than this one. Speak to you soon. Thank you.